Today's teaching profession is evolving in response to a changing world. New technologies, new demands on our workforce, higher standards for education, and more complex expectations for stimulating collaboration and creativity for all learners. Teachers are increasingly becoming facilitators, partners, and guides for students, collaborating with teacher teams to improve instruction and change outcomes. As the teacher role evolves, so too must professional learning for teachers to match 21st century demands in education. This is Chalk Talk Radio brought to you by Chalkboard Project. For those schools in Oregon participating in Chalkboard Project, the emphasis is on their initiative, Leading for Learning. Leading for Learning is a professional development model geared for superintendents. It is a program designed to equip administrative leaders with knowledge and tools to improve superintendents' instructional leadership skills. Itan Udosenata has been a principal for four years and is currently serving in that capacity at Cottage Grove High School in Cottage Grove, Oregon. Ethan has benefited from his superintendent Krista Parent's involvement in Leading for Learning. Where we sat down with um, central office um, administrators and building um, leaders, principals, assistant principals, etc. And we really talked about how, how do you evaluate your problem of practice? How do you drill down and identify a problem of practice? So in our building a couple of years ago, it was alignment in language art, right? So does the, if we have two or three people teaching ninth grade language arts, are they testing for the, ta- the same type of skills? Do they have an aligned curriculum? And one, is this a problem? We couldn't speak in, in platitudes, so we couldn't say, well, you know, something that might be like an umbrella statement as well, there's just not alignment, right? And if you don't go dr- deeper than that, then that's not good enough. So you have to say, what, what do you mean by there's not alignment? And then I would have to say, well, their unit one tests aren't the same. You know, they don't test for the same things. And as a result, and I'd have to be very specific, And when you get very specific, then what you can create is something called a theory of action. What is the mechanism for uh, there being language arts alignment? And once you start addressing those mechanisms, you can tinker with them and then look for an improved outcome. And I think the leading for learning work is really helping us to focus and center what what our mission is when we work with our staffs and our students and our community. When working with his staff on alignment, Ethan implements leading for learning techniques that prioritize improvement of teaching and learning first. We ended up doing on our, on our level is uh, meeting with our language arts team, being really specific with uh, what the, the purpose was of the meeting, and also setting some really clear ground rules. And one, one ground rule, uh, for instance, that we set was we're only going to talk about what we control. Um, so we're not going to talk about kids' dispositions um, that we can't control. We're not going to talk about their home life and what parents are and aren't doing. We only are only focused on what we have control over. And we're not going to venture off into rabbit holes like late homework that that don't really that fall into the scope of what our core issue is, which is alignment. Mm-hmm. But we actually start framing out what outcomes we wanted, and we started with the outcomes. And then we started with how do we know that we get to those outcomes? Like how do you know that the kid mastered the skill that they needed for, for um, language arts 10? So what outcomes do we need, right? So we started um, curriculum mapping together. 
and then we start and then we came to agreements um, you know once a week we will go over our curriculum and we will make sure there was an agreement that we'll always have at least two common assessments in every shared um, subject area so language arts 9 and language arts 10 if there was three teachers those three teachers all shared the same um, they gave their students the same formative assessment or summative assessment right so they gave them the same unit unit test and maybe unit midterm or mid-unit mid test and then they would come together and say how do we do how did it go where did you guys what did you all do well and they would actually look for patterns you know people really did poorly on sentence structure or con con conventions oh that's where our kids did great on that my kids did poorly on this well how did you teach that and then they would go back and reteach those things in which the outcomes that you saw was more kids exiting language arts 9 aligned right and ready for language arts 10 um, so I mean that's the way we, we dealt with that and that's a ripple effect across several other classes I mean it, it impacts how much kids need to retake a class which impacts summer school. It, it affects how many sections of Language Arts 9 we actually need to schedule, which opens up staffing for uh, more engaging or more advanced placement options. And so all these things have a ripple effect, but we were able to do it by drilling down on that, that one specific issue, which was a misalignment. One of those teachers in his English department is Sarah Leonard, who is in her first year at Cottage Grove. So working just in the English department, I think we do a really great job of meeting together with teachers who teach the same thing and really stress making sure we're doing either the same assignments or close to the same so that the kids aren't, if they jump from one class to another, then falling behind, or if they had one teacher their freshman year and compared to another student who had another teacher their freshman year and sophomore year, they come in and they've learned completely different things. So I think the English department does a great job of meeting and working and developing curriculum together to avoid that. And then something that the admin has been helping teachers with here is we're really pushing to strive for equity in all areas of, of the school today, um, sorry, this year. And so they've been giving us, you know, examples of how we can make sure we are providing equitable curriculum and equitable assessments for students. And that obviously helps out with ELL kiddos and students who have special needs, making sure that, you know, we are making sure we're getting them the education that fits them and keeping them up to that standard so that, they do get to 11th grade knowing all the things that they need to know. I have, in one class, I have quite a few ELL kiddos. So English is not their first language and sometimes not even their second. So they're learning English and then also trying to, you know, understand the content that English is being, you know, the language arts part that English it's being taught in. And um, I have one student who last year, I think, was his first year here at Cottage Grove and didn't speak very much English. And so far, he's really improved. And we've been working on um I use Google Translate on my phone, and I work with an ELL coordinator to translate some tougher passages into Spanish so that he can read. And we've moved to the part now where I can give him the stuff in Spanish or I can communicate directions to him in Spanish, but then he can turn around and write his answers in English, which is a huge, huge accomplishment. So we're just taking you know, each step forward to getting him closer and closer to be able to develop his English ability. Leading for Learning has helped Ethan connect with his staff more intimately. He can approach them in workflow meetings about instructional concerns and work with them on not only improving in those areas, but becoming leaders themselves. The last thing we want as a principal is to see anybody on our staff do poorly, um, to see them struggle with classroom management or organization or getting along with colleagues. I remember having one new teacher who just had issues with 
organization, you know, mapping out lessons, um, deciding how they were going to disseminate homework, how, what their process was for grading the homework, and what the process was for returning the homework. And um, little things like that could, could actually make a year go really poorly, believe it or not, for a teacher. Um, kids start rumbling, parents start getting grumpy, I start spending more time on the phone. And if a teacher is not responsive, uh, it, could be, it could be, you know, a hard year. And luckily, I've had the opportunity to do the leading for learning work that I described where I would say, hey, let's just set aside time on Mondays to have a workflow meeting where we talk about how you're planning this stuff. And instead of it seeming like a punitive uh, relationship where I'm the supervisor who's just saying you're ineffective in this and this needs to be remedied or else it could lead to termination, um, it was more like, hey, let me be your personal trainer and let's start with going for morning runs together. And from that, the teacher, uh, as a result, they turned it around. Now kids are really clear on what expectations are. Now um, kids enjoy being in their class. And I don't get phone calls from parents anymore. And most of the conversations that we have are about um, innovation more than they are about um, what they are or not doing correctly. We have teachers who um, give presentations to staff on best practices or practices in their classrooms that are just working. They're just knocking it out of the park. They're doing awesome, right? They are teachers who have struggled and who are unassuming because they've struggled in those areas. And, you know, that's good building leadership and that's good collaboration right there. And I think a lot of that, the, that success has to do with the work, the strategies from Leading for Learning. This approach has had an impact on Ethan's staff, including Leonard. One of the first things I think I started to struggle with this school year as a new teacher was just the amount of paperwork I was accepting in from the students in terms of assignments and then having to turn around and grade them. And I was getting really overwhelmed with keeping track of all those papers. And part of my, um, after the observation and we had the debrief, I was asked like stuff that I felt went well and stuff that I'm struggling with. And so I shared that and Ethan provided lots of great examples on how to improve that and then I took one of his ideas to have my students structure uh, basically interactive notebooks instead of constantly giving them paper assignments and keeping it all in their notebooks and then grading those every couple of weeks um, and that's something I turned around and in the next week did that and it's been really wonderful <laughs> so I just that was a positive example and I didn't feel nervous coming into that meeting sharing something I'm struggling with because I knew that they were there to help me and they want me to get better and they want it to be easier for me so I didn't feel nervous about sharing something like I didn't think oh they're going to think I'm a bad teacher because I'm struggling with this because I felt just really open and comfortable sharing what I needed help with knowing that they were there to support me you know any way they could. This is Jake Feinberg for Chalk Talk Radio and Chalkboard Project. Chalkboard Project is uniting Oregonians to make our public schools among the nation's best. Learn more at chalkboardproject.org.